0: Hello and welcome to episode seven of season two of United United. I'm here, Dave, as always, with my good friend, Jem. Hi, Jem. How are you?
1: Mahaba. Happy New Year.
0: Oh, happy New Year. Uh, here we are in the New Year, Jem, and what a Christmas period we had. Uh, one team, I think, topped the table over the Christmas periods, uh, unbeaten. Um, actually, I think conceded zero goals. Wow. Well. Uh, And uh, West Ham are massive. (laughs) How about that? Everywhere they go. Everywhere they go. The Moissiah is back. The Uh, It was only five games ago when we lost five, was it 5 nil? yeah, to Fulham, that we were calling for his head, Jem. Sack him. Yep. Now we're building him a statue again. He's back. So, Jem, but before we get on to West Ham, United, the other United, The trials and tribulations of Man United, Gemini, it all started off really well, didn't it? With a nil-nil draw away to Liverpool back on the 17th of December, that Sunday before Christmas. You must have felt that, uh, you know, you're back.
1: Yeah, I mean, Dave, it was a nil-nil win. It was a (laughs) nil-nil win at Anfield. And, I mean, Van Dijk went off on one, kicking off, saying we're celebrating a win. Yeah, I mean, have you seen the state of us? We are celebrating a nil a, nil a win at Anfield. So, uh, we'll take that. Thank you very much. Uh, the first team to stop Liverpool winning and scoring at Anfield this season. So, I think we, we can say we're back, Dave. <laughs> uh, and then we go a week later yeah, and we go to the game at the London Stadium, Dave, where I came down and uh, enjoyed that game with you in the stands.
0: You did, Jem. We met up before Christmas on the Saturday, the 23rd of December. And if I remember rightly, Jem, your day didn't start well, did it?
1: No, it did not. Thank you, uh, East Midlands Railway. It did not start (laughs) very well. Uh, But, Dave, we did find out later on that day I got a refund. So that that made it a bit better.
0: Yeah, but the, the, the omens weren't good when I think you saw a magpie, a lone magpie right at the start of the day. Was that right?
1: That's correct, yeah. One single magpie. Uh, I mean, I didn't. I, I, you told me I was meant to do something, but I didn't do it.
0: Well, the thing I heard a few years ago, and people have their own sort of uh, traditions around magpies or obsessions or whatever you want to call them is, um, if you salute the magpie, it takes the curse off. So, I did have a, a period of my life where I was walking down streets saluting every so often, every time I saw a magpie. <laughs> I did thankfully stopped doing that um, but uh after I got a few funny looks from people, but yeah you salute a single magpie it takes the curse off remember one for sorrow, Jim and uh sorrow was what you got that day, wasn't it really because a comfortable two nil win for west Ham
1: uh yes, uh say comfortable, I think united dominated the game uh we were back Dave we were back at that point and <laughs> I, it was just a bit of luck that day a bit of luck for west ham uh two fluky goals one bouncing mm. around uh you had kudus you know trying to fight for his move in the summer <laughs> so yeah i mean i was disappointed but i could see i could see that we were back dave i could see we were back um and we proved we were back in the following game you know we we allowed aston villa to go 2-0 up in that game mm uh we've said you know let's 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 make it hard for ourselves we're man united and we're old Trafford. it's christmas and what we're going to do we're going to give them a 2-0 lead and then we're going to shoot them down you know they're going for the title yeah <laughs> little villa you know some say sleeping giant okay all right then little villa fans how many titles have you won in the last 30 years anyway um well it's 3-0 in the second half dave Three two, we win that game. We turn it around in Man United fashion. Man United are back. Um we did we, we like West Ham, Dave. We like West Ham. We like you know what you've done for us. You took Jesse Lingard off our hands, you took <laughs> Moyes off our hands. So we wanted to give you that as a as a Christmas gift, Dave. Thank you. Um but then Villa, unfortunately, they've not done enough for us, so we punished them.
0: Yep. And um, yeah. And, Yeah. Great, great performance! You you are back, and so following that up, you know, away to Forest. Yep. Next game, surely they're struggling, Forest, Gem. So that's surely another another easy victory for you. Well,
1: small victories, Dave. It's about the small victories throughout <laughs> the season, and Northern Forest did us another massive favour at the start of this season, Dave. They took Anthony Langa off our hands. They did, and we couldn't be more thankful. Um, We all we wanted was a Rashford goal we wanted a Rashford goal in return and then they could do what they wanted and they they got a 2-1 win Dave, they got a 2-1 win but we we found small victories within that Uh, and the more I'm talking the more I just sound like I'm going crazy Uh, (laughs) Man United is turning me into a psychopath and I sound like a broken record don't I because our new name Dave it's not Man United and West Ham United anymore for United United. This is now West Ham United and inconsistent United. Um, We are back. We always have been back. Inconsistent FC. So, one thing I've got to mention, Dave, uh, was it's not just the people on the pitch, is it? It's not just the ones on the pitch that are failing. It's also the chefs. Because Manchester United were Given a lovely one out of five food hygiene rating, Dave. Um and one is the worst, just for the people that are wondering what I'm saying
0: there. They don't do zero, do they? <laughs> one is the lowest you can go. So
1: yeah, we, we gave a customer in the VIP uh I say we as though you know I'm part of it. I'm not I'm not I'm I'm not this this imbecile, some raw food. And <laughs> Congratulations to them. You've shamed the club. We were already shamed, but you've just added that. So, yeah, we can't cook on or off the pitch, Dave. That's that's Man United for us at Christmas.
0: Jim Ratcliffe is riding to the rescue, though. <laughs> Going to rebuild the team, rebuild the stadium, rebuild the kitchens. It sounds like that he's doing.
1: Yeah, Yeah, let, let's hope so, Dave. Let's hope so, because... Uh... Well, talk, well, yeah, I mean, please save us, Ratcliffe. So, Ratcliffe, please.
0: And so that's taken us right up to date with Man United. Uh, and you're in the cup, aren't you? Uh, yeah, believe it or
1: not, we are still in a competition. Yep. Uh, we're away to local, uh, call, call them Mancunians, uh, Wigan. We're away to Wigan. Uh yeah. And I have actually witnessed on that pitch, Dave. West Ham play at Wigan. <laughs> I went with an old uni friend. I went, He's a Wigan season ticket holder. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take it back quite a few years, Dave. Do you remember when Wigan beat West Ham in the cup and Masuaku decided to spit at a <laughs> West Ham player? Uh, sorry, a Wigan player. I do. So no doubt Manuel will be doing something similar <laughs> stupidly on, on Saturday or Sunday whenever it is.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to seeing a plucky Northwest underachieving club take on Wigan. Yep. Yep. See what happens.
1: Yeah. Should be should be an embarrassment, Dave.
0: <laughs> I'm going to take you back to the Man U game against West Ham, Gem, because yep. um just something I wanted to say about this. Uh You know, it was, if people listen to the last podcast, they may understand what I'm saying. It was a below-par performance by West Ham in that game. Certainly was. And something else, Jem, I wanted to mention, that um, someone else has drawn my attention to something else that uh, we say incorrectly. When I say we, I mean the general public Mm. uh, in the English language. We talk about a meteoric rise, don't we? A meteoric (laughs) rise. We do. Well, meteors don't rise. They fall. <laughs> so, and the other thing we talk about, Jem, somebody else drew, drew my attention to, is we talk about the ball hitting the back of the net. yeah well, it doesn't hit the back of the net. It hits the front of the net. You know, it only hits the back of the net if it rebounds off one of those posts. You know, it goes wide, rebounds off one of those posts and then hits the back of the net. So, really, the ball hits the front of the net, Jem. And I just wanted to say that... Um, You know, Kudus. If you think about Kudus in that game, he put in a below par performance. He's had a meteoric fall to (laughs) where he is now, and he finished off his performance by um, hitting the front of the net. (laughs) What do you think of that?
1: I think my brain is fried. (laughs) I like it. I like this. You You know, I always say this, Dave. Humans. You know, we, we say this is right, this is wrong. It was all human creation and yep. humans can be right or wrong um that's pretty profound so uh yeah there's no right or way, right or wrong is there really dave if you think about it deeply and you have just proved that
0: i have i have and something you said earlier uh about kudus uh playing for his summer move if you pay attention to his interviews i may have said this on the podcast before but it's worth still doing if you pay attention to his interviews he never talks about being pleased to be playing for West Ham. He always talks about being pleased to be playing in the Premier League <laughs> and how pleased he is to be in England playing in the Premier League. Never once does he say, I love playing for West Ham. It's great that West Ham are given me my chance. Blah, blah, blah. Um, it's all about, it's great to be here. It's great to be in the Premier League. So there is a player <laughs> that is showing... showing where he stands. It's
1: brilliant because I actually remember you speaking about the the welcome interview, the first interview, yep. and <laughs> that was it. That and, and then every interview since has been the same. So yeah, you're on to something. I'm
0: on to something. You're on something. Uh, and, yeah, so that was West Ham. We actually, I was a bit annoyed about this. Um, I went to the Brighton game. Uh, on Tuesday night this week, mm, uh, the 2nd second of, second of January, uh, and Kudus wasn't allowed to play. Ghana took him to the AFCON. Oh. The, he needed to join up with the squad, and so he wasn't allowed to play. Consequently, we also didn't have Pakita so we had Ben Rama and Fornhouse playing as a front three with Bowen. Wow. Um, yeah, exactly. Wow. Wow. And this was a game where I really wished I had sold um, my ticket back to the club, like they offered me before the game, because it was a sellout. Apparently, a sellout. When we got there, about 10,000 season ticket holders had decided not to bother coming. Uh, and what a game, Jem. When I say what a game, what a terrible game. <laughs> Brighton also were decimated by injury. They also, uh, I think they would played like nine games in the last 30 days. we played eight games in the last 30 days. And if you've ever seen a Premier League game played as a training game, this was it. <laughs> it had nil-nil written all over it from probably before kickoff. off And, uh, yeah, the most tedious two hours of my Christmas, I would say, Jem. I'm sorry. But there, uh... Yeah. But we got away with it. A nil-nil draw. Um fourth clean sheet in a row, and uh, we march on.
1: So it's about them small wins, Dave.
0: Small wins. And small wins. Okay, that's uh, that's our teams. What about other teams? There's one particular team that I think we both might want to talk about. The team that was top of the table going into Christmas. Yep. The players. team believe they are marching to the title, or they did believe it. I'm talking about Arteta's Arsenal.
1: Uh, well, I mean, let's pretend it's the 25th of December again, Dave. Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievable team. Uh, they won the league when they beat City at the Emirates in October or November, was it? <laughs>
0: um, yeah. They were offering to have a whip round to give West Ham more money for rice. Yep.
1: Yep. Exactly. Uh, you know we. I, me and Ian were posting things into the into the chat as as we do, uh into into our podcast ideas chat. Mm. And uh you just wouldn't accept it, would you, Dave? You know, you say this is just gonna be the same as next year. Well no, you know, they've learned from that. They're not gonna topple over now, you know. They're <laughs>
0: they
1: top of the league at Christmas like last year, but you know, mm. they've 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 done it differently this year. They, they, it's bound to happen to them. Man City have fallen off and all this. Uh, but Dave, you never believed us. You never, you never wanted to buy into that, did you?
0: <laughs> I. What What am I supposed to say to that? <laughs> Arteta is a fraud. They were always going to be found out, Jem. And it, you know, you could tent, you could sense that something was coming when they were home, to, away to Liverpool, and before the match, Arteta came out with some weird washing machine metaphor. Do you you remember this? He said they're going into the washing machine at Anfield. And then it was a one-all draw. And then Arteta said something about, we created a lot of washing machine moments (laughs) um, for them that they didn't like. I I don't really understand. I I still haven't got a clue what he was talking about. I don't know. Maybe he got the colours mixed up with the whites or something. I don't know. And... You know, they everything came out red. I don't know. Some something went wrong, didn't it, in the washing machine.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's had a bad experience with a washing machine, I think.
0: Yeah. Yeah, or he put it on the wrong spin cycle. Something went wrong anyway. And um anyway, it just went the next game was well, they were home to West Ham and uh honestly they must have thought this is three nailed on points to cement our place at the top of the table. And uh the mighty hammers. Jem. The Moisire led West Ham to a 2-0 counter-attacking win. And what was great about after this game is uh, West Ham fans are now having a whip round to refund Arsenal some of the Declan Rice money. (laughs) (laughs) Because, honestly, he looked like a lost soul out there. Yep. And Arteta was just bamboozled by a Mois masterclass.
1: Well, I mean that has absolutely rattled them dave that loss that that all that win I should say for west Ham let's let's mm-hmm. talk about the good, but uh West Ham their win at the emirates uh you know one thing I've got to dig with is uh Mavra or whoever his name is, he's acting like he's you know he's sorry for scoring he's not sorry go and celebrate son go and <laughs> breathe it in, but um i mean yeah you, you talked about declan rice there the next game they They go to, was it Fulham? Fulham? They went to Fulham. And the wheels are off, Dave. Yeah, Declan Rice arguing with his own teammates, saying their mentality is not good enough. Uh, This is what West Ham's done to him, Dave. Two wins this season over them and and Declan Rice.
0: We're in their heads, Gem. We are in their heads. And what got into their heads even more, which you, you just love to see it, don't you? West Ham's first goal against Arsenal. The ball, was it in? Was it out? It looked like it maybe had gone out for a corner, but um, there was no decisive angle to to say it had definitely gone out after they reviewed it. Uh, Boeing sort of kept it in and Suchek finished it off. And uh, this is shades of the away game at Newcastle where a similar thing happened. And uh, you just love to see it, don't you? Because it's, uh, you know, Arsenal, Varteta getting annoyed again at, at VAR. Just love to see it. Uh,
1: I just want to ask you now, Dave. Do you think that, that ball was in? That ball stayed in?
0: 100%. Yeah. Okay. 100%. I mean, it was clearly in. If you looked at the video, there was clearly no gap that the TV could show. Uh, and, uh, yeah, 100% in. I mean, I could see it from where I was in real time. It was obvious. So. Yeah. No problem at all. Bard Bar did its job by not overruling it.
1: Yeah. I agree. I agree. I
0: so, agree. Very happy with that. Actually, it did make me think about something, Jim. And I think this it might have already happened, but it, it's definitely going to happen. There's going to be a moment where a ball goes out for a corner where it was clearly meant to be a goal kick. This isn't the West Ham-Arsenal game, but it just made me think about this scenario where it's clearly a goal kick. And then a goal is scored from the corner. Mm-hmm. Now, in most situations, if, let's say, a goal is scored in open play, but there was a foul earlier on in the move, VAR can go back and say, no, there was a foul earlier on in the move or handball earlier on in the move. Yep. So it's got to come back. The goal, there's no goal. But I've read the rules on this. If it goes out for a corner when it should have been a goal kick and then a goal is scored from the corner, VAR cannot intervene. No. They cannot go back and say, no, no, that should have been a goal kick. Goal disallowed. And sooner or later, something big is going to happen where that's going to be really significant and that rule's is going to be changed. Yep, yep. So I agree. I don't, don't know what you think about that.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's going to happen. We, we got done against, against Arsenal, actually. The ball, it wasn't exactly the same, but the ball came off an Arsenal player and went out for a corner for them in the 94th minute. Hmm. Uh, but it was given as a corner. They scored from it. Declan Rice scored. Mm. Uh, but it came off an Arsenal player. But they can't go back because, you know, it's yeah. not the same, but it's similar. Uh, they can't intervene. Well, you physically can't intervene. You you can't say to the ref, oh, actually. It's just their stupid rules, Dave.
0: Well, it's, it's a rule, isn't it? It's just, it's just a rule bec- that they've set up to say if it's not in the same attacking phase... Mm-hmm. Because um, they, they they say in the rule the attacking phase starts at the taking of the corner. Well, you could argue well the attacking phase starts when the corner is awarded. Yeah, <clears throat> uh, but they, that's not the rule. Now it's just rules. You can change the rules. It's just a game. You can change the rules of the game. And I, I suspect this will be one of the next ones that will be changed. That corners, if if a team scores after a debated corner, then the corner will be reviewed. Now what could happen there will be interesting. Is Let's say the attacking team knows that it should have been a goal kick and they know that if they score direct from the corner, um, then the goal will be disallowed. So now they've got to change their corner routine. So they've got to create a different phase of play from the corner. So we're going to see interesting tactics if that rule is brought in. Um, It did make me think, though, Jim. And also, this was prompted by me listening to Radio 5 Live the other day, and I'm going to steal one of their ideas. They were talking about what rules would you like to see changed in football. And one of the ones they talked about, which was quite an interesting one, was the post and the crossbar counts as the defence. So if an attacking team hits the post with a shot and it goes out for currently a goal kick, that actually becomes a corner because the post and crossbar counts as a defender. So that was an interesting idea. And as Ian pointed out, if um, what if it goes in off the post, is that now an own goal? Well, that, you know, we start to get into mm. sorts of unatt- unintended consequences of rule changes. Um, so that was an interesting one, but it made me think about rule changes, Gem. And I've got one sensible one and one well sort of interesting one that I wanted to share with you, if that's all right. Uh, yeah, please, please do. The sensible one is offside. I would like to see the offside rule change so that it's only offside if there's clear daylight between the defender and the attacker. So any part of the body can be in line, and that's onside. If um, there's clear daylight between the defender and the attacker, in other words, if there's a gap, then it's offside. If there's no gap, then it's onside. That massively puts uh, puts, puts it in favour of the attacking team. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you think about that one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, very simple and simple to officiate because you're just looking for a gap now. You're not looking for, you know, two lines. You're just literally looking, can you see daylight? Yeah. I like that one. The other one, Gem, a bit more controversial. Um, Get rid of the penalty area. (laughs) I mean, what is the penalty area anyway? (laughs) Right? What is it?
1: Uh, Are are you asking me a question?
0: Well, I'm sort of asking a rhetorical question, but feel free to jump in and... (laughs) Give me your thoughts.
1: <laughs> well, uh, I guess it's there to make the pitch look prettier.
0: <laughs> now, I will qualify this a bit. We probably need to keep the six-yard box because that's where goal kicks are taken from. We need some point of reference for taking your goal kicks. We might need to keep that. That's all it's there for, though, is goal kicks. The penalty area, if you think about it, it causes massive controversy around penalties, doesn't it? <laughs> It's like, oh, was it inside the area? Was it outside the area? And we also know that referees seem to have a higher, a higher bar for giving free kicks inside the area than they do outside the area. We get rid of all of that. We just, And also the handball debate. So if it's handball in the area, in what was the area, it's just a direct free kick. If it's a foul in the area, it's just a direct free kick. Um, and we get away... So basically, we abolish penalties. Mm-hmm. Penalties are a thing of the past. Now, I can hear people saying... Well, what about um, penalty shootouts? We still need penalties for that. All right. Well, keep the penalty spot if you want. Keep the penalty spot, but that's only there for penalty shootouts. Do you know what I would do, Jim. I would even get rid of that. I'd say, let's get rid of penalty shootouts as a way of um, deciding the game. This, this, this rule, this penalty area rule that I'm going to introduce, getting rid of the penalty area, has quite a few unintended consequences. So one of them is, what do we do about penalties? Well, we just get rid of the penalty spot, penalty shootouts, uh, we have a crossbar challenge instead. Halfway line, first team to hit the crossbar, uh, you take it in turns, uh, each player takes it in turns, first team to hit the crossbar wins the uh, wins the game, mm. if it's if it's a drawn game in a cup. Now, I'm even going to bring the, take that a bit further, just to add an extra bit of jeopardy. It's not even like you take it in turns, so if one team hits the crossbar, then the second team um, gets a chance to equalise. No, 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 it's... If you win the toss, and actually we'd maybe make the toss at the, at the crossbar shootout, something like the team with the fewest yellow cards goes first, something like that. Some tiebreaker, they go first. Um, if they hit the crossbar, they win. Yep. The other team doesn't get a chance to, to take it. So um, so that, that's my, that's my uh, unintended consequence rule of getting rid of the penalty area. Um, but then, Jem, it gets a bit problematic because I did think this through. There is another reason why we have a penalty area. It's where the goalkeeper can handle it. So what do I do about that? Well, I did think long and hard about this. And I thought, okay, the goalkeeper can handle the ball anywhere in his own half or her own half. So now the goalkeeper can handle it anywhere. Now, this creates a really interesting game because you could have a goalkeeper coming out to the halfway line with the ball. Now, I'm going to make a rule. The goalkeeper can handle it but can't run with it. Can't can't move with it, so they they can pick it up anywhere. But the only reason they can move is to is in the act of throwing it or the act of kicking it. They can't just say handle it in there by their goal and then walk fifty yards to the um to the halfway line. They can't do that. But they can where they could catch it on the halfway line if they wanted to. But think of the jeopardy. Think of the goalkeeper thinking, right, well, I'm going to come out and play on the halfway line. Yep. All the excitement that would cause. So. Jim, I think I'm onto something here.
1: I think you are. Um and I've just been trying to vision I've actually drawn out what uh what what this pitch would look like.
0: <laughs>
1: and it'd basically be, Dave. Yeah. A wheelchair would cup. <laughs> but on a bigger scale. It would be. With two little boxes, keys. Uh
0: yeah. interesting. I think subliminally, that's where that's come from. <laughs> that's, that's probably where that's come from. So, yeah, the goalkeeper one needs a bit of work, I think, because that is an unintended consequence. That w- w- Where can the goalkeeper handle it? Mm. Well, anywhere. Yeah, if the goalkeeper wants to come out, good luck to him or her.
1: So it's, um, it's hard. It's hard to, uh, hard to give it a real... I'm sure there's going to be someone who's got a very... Smart, maybe, maybe yeah, we're missing something.
0: Well, it, it the game becomes a bit like do you know Aussie rules football where you know they the players just have to catch the ball in the air and call for the mark, mm. uh, and then kick it. It's going to be a bit like that for the goalkeeper, yeah. You know, they'll, they'll be the, the other teams taking a long goal kick, the goalkeeper's up near the halfway line trying to catch it, yeah. Yep. But what if he misses it or she misses it? Carnage, yep. So yeah, a completely revolutionised football. I think it would make it a much more uh, entertaining game.
1: Well, let's put it forward with all the other rules that we have, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Your feedback will be on to us at some point. Yeah. We need to be careful what we share because there could be a lot of, you know, stolen oh. ideas
0: going on. Well, we know so much of our stuff is stolen, so we need to watch out for this one. You heard it here first, folks. Yep. Abolish the penalty area. Yep. You heard it here first.
1: United, United, third of January, twenty twenty-four. Yeah. In case anyone likes to take away our quotes, and we have lawyers. Yep, we do.
0: So, Gem, uh, where else do we want to go today?
1: Uh, why don't we go to the shushers of the month? Oh, shushes of the month. Or the Christmas shushers. It's quite hard. The Christmas shushers.
0: Christmas, sh- Christmas shushers. Yeah, it's hard to say. It's um. It all started off, we saw uh, something on Instagram, Neil Mope, our favourite shusher of mm. all time. Yep. Probably the, the the top world, the world's top shusher. Yeah. World-class shushing. He was doing a little interview, wasn't he, in a pub. He was. Uh, very about, British pub. Very British pub. About his antics. And he was asked about... Uh, The foul that he committed on Burnt Leno uh, when Leno was playing for Arsenal a few years ago, I think it was. Mm. And the unintended consequence. I've used unintended consequence a lot in this podcast. The unintended consequence of that. Uh, Do you want to talk the listeners through that one, Jim?
1: Well, basically, you know, Leno got injured uh, and a second goalkeeper had to come in for Arsenal.
0: Mm.
1: And that goalkeeper ended up being... Emmy Martinez. Yeah. Um, we know what Emmy Martinez has done since then, don't we, Dave?
0: Well, he got a move to Villa off the back of that little run he had in the Arsenal team, I believe. Mm. And then he gets called up for the uh, uh, Argentina World Cup squad when uh, the new manager, Scaloni, ex-West Ham, by the way, the new manager, Scaloni, uh, gets appointed by Argentina. Yep. And then one thing leads to another. And he's, um, he's saving penalties in World Cup games and making a crucial save in the final uh, to, to help Argentina win it. And he becomes a World Cup winner. And what's great about this is Neil Mopé is in this interview going, yeah, he needs to thank me. He needs to thank me. He needs to thank me for my foul on Leno. Yeah. <laughs> and that is the arrogance that we love about Neil Mopé.
1: Indeed. Indeed, and you know, people, I hey, he's only joking. No, he's not joking. Okay, this is Neil he's Mope.
0: This is yeah. Neil Mopé. he was uh, taking credit, know, for it. don't we? Dave, you've been on the other yeah. end of a shush, <laughs> so well, almost on the other end. He, he shushed his own fans accidentally <laughs> yeah. in that particular game, but because he was down the other end, but yeah, and we've seen some other top class shushing, haven't we?
1: We have indeed, uh. Birmingham's own Jude Bellingham mm-hmm. out in Madrid, Dave. Uh, we had, I think it was Real Betis. Real Madrid were playing away at Real Betis, yeah, a game. And uh, you know, a fan in the crowd, Bellingham had scored. A fan in the crowd decided to give him a bit of uh, a few expletives. And, yeah, you know what did Jude Bellingham do? He he gave him the the Jude celebration with the arms out, and then he gave him a shush.
0: Oh, we love to see it.
1: And Jude Bellingham, you legend. Uh, hopefully, he'll be a legend for us come this summer and plenty more years to come, Dave. But if he's going to continue with the shushing, we're all here for it. Yeah. Uh, there was a couple more, Dave, wasn't there?
0: Well, there was Ollie Watkins, wasn't there? Mm. There was Ollie Watkins. Now, who was he playing against? Was that against Brentford? It I was against Brentford, who? yes. It was against it's Brentford. And. He scored a goal. I think he ended up in the net, um, if I remember rightly. And in, he, he seemed to direct a load of verbals towards the Brentford fans and, um, and a bit of shushing. And there was a bit of a controversy afterwards going, oh, you know, this is very disrespectful, blah, blah, blah. And Watkins came out and said, no, no, I wasn't being disrespectful to the Brentford fans, just to one of the fans. And apparently one fan had been giving him some abuse, which uh, Ollie Watkins, to his credit, didn't want to go into. Mm. Uh, but some abuse all game. And Ollie Watkins said, "Nope, that was directed at him, that one individual. And then he was asked afterwards, well, given the same circumstances again, would you do it again, given the, given the sort of flack that you've got for doing it? And he was like, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> I absolutely do it again. Which is what we love to hear, isn't it?
1: Definitely. We're all for the shushing. Anything sh- really if anyone cool. sees any shushing, please point <sighs> us in that direction because we love it. Uh we actually had there's another one we need to go to. I've just thought of another example. I went to the Solly Hall Chesterfield game on New Year's Day. New Year's Day. Right. And Solihull went one nil up and uh, he's got mm. egg on his face now because my uh, Chesterfield won three two. But um mm. they went one nil up and he decided to shush the Chesterfield home end. Uh the eight eight and a half thousand Chesterfield. <laughs> Fans that he decided to shush. Well, you can imagine, Dave. He got a lot of stick towards the back end of the game, which just filled with three two up. So, um nice. Yeah, I mean, bring it on. We, you know, if, if you're going to shush, make sure you can back it up. That's what I'd say to the. Uh, I think it was Warburton, the, the solid old player. Make sure you can back it up. A bit like Mope and Jude yeah. and Watkins can. Um, yeah. You know, He went too early, Dave. He went way too early.
0: This is the problem. You cannot go too early with the shushing. If you go too early with the shushing, it comes back to bite you. But yeah, we are on Shush Watch, so any more shushing anyone sees, let us know.
1: Uh, We have to call it out for Alex Scott as well, don't we, from uh, the Bournemouth player. Not the uh, uh, ex-Arsenal player, women's player. Alex Scott, the Bournemouth player in the men's game. Um, He went on a run I think it was against. Think it was against. No, it wasn't Tottenham. I can't remember who it was against now, but they won comfortably, and he went on a run and got an assist. And oh, it was Fulham, and he decided to go and shush the Fulham fans. And for a young kid, I, th- I think he's only I think he's only nineteen. Wow, uh, that is what I want to see at the start of his career. So just like Jude, keep it up, mate.
0: We Happy. We love to see it. Yeah. So that's, uh, and then I think we had a bit of uh, Chris Wood at uh, his old club, Newcastle. And I don't think he did any shushing, but there was, you could see, he scored a hat-trick, didn't he, in this in this win, this away win for Forrest at Newcastle. Like mm. uh, It was on Boxing Day, wasn't it? And uh, they really took Newcastle apart, actually. Don't know how he did it. <laughs> but they took took them apart, and um you could see he was in that sort of dilemma between am i should I be respectful or should I just milk it yep. and uh I think by the third goal, he was just milking it. Love to see it
1: uh, I can answer the question you asked about how he did it.
0: <laughs>
1: um, he didn't trip here up, Dave. <laughs> He stayed composed, and uh, he he bottered them in. So <laughs> straight past friend bottom, but yeah, he, he was he he smashed it. He did. Uh, the forest of wood.
0: <laughs> oh, and talking of which, I had to uh, look this up because you remember we talked about the Forest Derby was going to happen in the FA Cup uh-huh. if only Forest Green Rovers could get past Blackpool. And I'm really, really sad to report that Blackpool beat um, Forest Green Rovers. So we've got Knott's Forest against Blackpool.
1: So we've got the trees versus Blackpool Tower.
0: <laughs> Wood against metal. We'll
1: oh, see what happens. Yeah. They some they sometimes can form a good partnership. So let's see how that goes. <laughs> Wood and metal. Wood and metal. Okay. All right. Um, okay. Dave, I don't know, I don't know what, I, maybe I want to do a new feature here, mm. because this made me sick, it made a lot of Sunderland fans sick, and it'll probably make you sick, plenty of other people sick. Um I am afraid I've got to report that I've just seen a crime on Twitter before we came onto this podcast, Dave. Oh no. Uh, Sunderland obviously welcomed Newcastle. To the Stadium of Light this weekend in the FA oh. big game, massive derby. They've not played in years, and you know what the fans are like up there. They're they're very passionate for it. There's not many clubs up there, so they've got to be. Um, and Dave, I don't know who runs that club at Sunderland, but it's a good job Roy Keane's still not there because the leadership of Sunderland have done something disgusting, and they have they've made a mockery of that club now. And they've basically plastered over walls in the VIP lounges for the Newcastle fans. And they've put up signs such as "Hoy the Lads or Black and White Army or We Are the Magpies in Stadium of Light, Dave.
0: Well, well, I, hang on, I can't get my head around this. So in the Stadium Light, the Southampton hierarchy... Have no, sorry. Put... The Sunderland, the, you know, sorry, the, the Sunderland, Sunderland hierarchy. hierarchy. So I don't know why I got Southampton from the Sunderland hierarchy. have put up signs about Newcastle for the in the, in the executive boxes
1: for so for the Newcastle fans. They've put the up, Newcastle. you know, Newcastle uh, flags or whatever it is on the walls. Basically, gone to the effort of putting up stuff yeah. to welcome the Newcastle fans to their stadium. Uh, Sunderland are sick. I'll I'll have to send some links to you, Dave, but um, it's disgusting.
0: I think what we need to see is uh, there's only one outcome that needs to happen here, isn't there? I mean, this is Sunderland need to get what they deserve. If you're going to start putting up signs welcoming the opposition, it's a bit like this whole thing about West Ham fans should be more respectful to Declan Rice, right? (laughs) Yeah, you know, yeah, he was. He gave everything for us, and we all recognise that. But when we're playing against him, when we're playing against him and he's trying to win against us, he's fair game. You know, we, we give him stick.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: It's not that we're being disrespectful. It's just part of the game. It's the way it works, Jim. Um, we're giving him stick. We're telling him he should have signed for a big club. Yep. And all this kind of stuff. Uh, and uh, that's how it works you don't sort of we don't go oh Declan Rice is coming let's let's put up a big poster of him in an arsenal shirt you know we're not waving banners with him in, in an arsenal shirt praising him no i just don't get this Jim. they they honestly well unless it's some kind of cunning psychological ploy that we can't see we have not have yet to see maybe they're creating a sort of false sense of security for the newcastle fans maybe that's it
1: Let's hope that's what it is, Dave. I think the yeah. Sunderland fans say "Howay" and Newcastle say "Howay." Howay, the lads. <laughs> I, I I I don't know what this is, but they've basically crossed out "Howay" hmm. and from in red and put "Howay" in black and white. And I mean, yeah, I mean,
0: maybe this is some kind of one thousand IQ ploy that we <laughs> is beyond us, beyond even us, Jim. It
1: sounds like glazers. It sounds like they've got glazer owners. That's what it's yeah, like. It does. It really does. But okay. Good luck to them. Uh like you said though, I hope they get what they deserve after that. If it is true.
0: And talking of annoying things that uh, might annoy me, here's something that might annoy you, Jim. I'm just gonna draw your attention to a game featuring Newcastle actually, um, on New Year's Day. New Year's Day yeah. evening. Yeah. Liverpool 4, Newcastle 2, I think the final result was. Liverpool. Uh, Liverpool. And there was a penalty incident in this game, Jem, where I'm just going to paint the picture for anyone that didn't see it. Uh, I think Liverpool were 3 1 up at the time. Mm. Uh, and Diogo Jota, yep. or as I'm going to rename him, Diogo Schotter was clean through, skips past the keeper, Debravka, who had actually played brilliantly that game and saved a Salah penalty. Debravka sees what's happening, tries to withdraw his arms, and as Schotter's running past him, just clips um, Debravka's elbow with his trailing foot, takes two more paces, maybe three, then goes down. Yep. The referee awards the penalty. Fair enough. It all happened quite quickly. You then see it back in slow motion. And honestly, an absolute travesty. It's a, a clear and obvious error. VAR <laughs> don't intervene. VAR don't intervene. They back up the referee. They don't even tell the referee to have a look at it. Liverpool score and it's game over. Uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Uh, well, I have to say I had a bet builder on this game.
0: <laughs>
1: and I needed Salah to score,
0: <laughs> so you were quite
1: happy. so I think, I think, did you call him Diego Sh- Shotter?
0: Shotter, because it's like he's been shot. Yeah, it's like it's like a, a, a sniper in the crowd had picked him out and shot him as he ran past the keeper.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to also have a name for him, and I'm going to say Dio Dio No Shotter, because he decided not <laughs> to have a shot. <laughs> um. Yeah. Sorry, that was bad. But uh, I needed a solid score, so I think the Ono is a legend.
0: The Ono no
1: came in. Yeah. But if I'm being serious, I mean, I I I, I don't understand, Dave. I, I, the guy has got an open goal to score. He's got mm. he, the only the only thing I could think of, or not even I could think of. I think Ian put this forward in in our chat. Um, he captain Salah and his. In his fantasy football, and needed a Salah penalty
0: <laughs> to redeem
1: himself for his penalty miss. So, I, I mean, I, I can't, I, I just don't understand it, Dave. I don't understand it. Um, mm. I feel like there was one against Man United where Nunez could have tapped one in, but he stopped running, mm. complaining for the penalty.
0: He
1: did. Yeah. Um, I don't. Know maybe there's one penalties.
0: So uh, that was a no-no from Diogo anyway. Uh, very, very <laughs> poor. And I'll tell you what was, I don't know if you saw this, just to reinforce our love-hate relationship, well, I don't know if it's love-hate or just hate-hate relationship with a certain insufferable manager. <laughs> so Klopp at the end of this game, I don't know if you saw this. He, it, it's like, oh, the humble brag we're going to call this, the humble brag. Now, you wouldn't catch us bragging, would you? You wouldn't catch us bragging. We never talk about a particular uh, international team that we uh, have both been involved with that no, won a gold medal. You no, no. never talk, hear us talking about that. No. But anyway, Jem, uh, a humble brag from Klopp. At the end of the game, he's applauding the Liverpool fans and doing his stupid fist pump that he does. And his wedding ring flies off. Yep. Did you see this? Yep. The cameraman, the camera operator, it happened to be a man in this case, the camera operator located the ring, pointed the camera at the ring, and Klopp gratefully picks it up and sort of goes on about, oh, you know, for once, I'm thankful for the camera operator. (laughs) Uh, Normally, he's putting the camera in my face and I don't like it and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, suck it up. You're, You're a manager. This is what happens. Anyway, and then he goes, yeah, this is what happens. This is his humble break. This is what happens when you lose weight. You know, I've lost a few pounds over Christmas. You know, he's the only person in the whole of the UK to have lost a few pounds over Christmas. He has to tell us that. And when I lose a few pounds, my fingers get a bit thinner and my ring comes off. Honestly. What does he have to say all that for? Uh, I don't know, Dave. And um...
1: Just to add it in even more, did you did you hear the bit he said? I've only lost my wedding ring once before, uh, and it's another brag, I guess, in a way. Um, and that was in the ocean. I was on holiday, and I lost it in the ocean. I had to hire a professional diving team to recover it for me. Oh right, Jürgen, interesting.
0: Well, I don't know if you noticed this, but what really made me laugh was when he at the moment when he lost it. And you could see that he was like, oh, where's it gone? And he was like caught between, do I look for it or do I go and do my stupid fist pump? <laughs> he collared a steward and was saying to the steward, look, I've lost my ring. Can you look for it, please? Did you see that? <laughs> I've got more important
1: things to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> I've got,
0: look, I've only lost like, the, the symbol of my everlasting love to my wife. I've lost that. But really, I've got to go and fist pump the crowd. So can you look for that while I go and do the important thing? Uh, And the the steward was like nonplussed, he was like completely confused and didn't look for it. Well done, steward! (laughs) But then the cam, the camera operator came to the rescue. And then we get the humble brag about, Oh, I've lost weight! Well done, well done, Klopp! Well done,
1: congratulations. So, you're saying, Jurgen, when you got married, you were overweight. Is that what you're saying?
0: (laughs) (laughs) and to make us have a special ring made for your fat fingers. (laughs) Uh, uh, we're not fat shaming though we're just commenting on the yo-yoing of Jurgen Klopp's weight that he's he's giving us a running commentary on basically
1: yep we needed to know all about it didn't we
0: we did we did well look that's um oh I don't know if I've got anything more to say Jem. that's uh, that's annoyed me yeah that's annoyed me
1: uh I've got one little thing and then uh, just because this is annoying me as well uh Birmingham City, oh. uh, sacking a brilliant manager, Dave.
0: Mm.
1: Um, you don't get managers. You don't get managers as humble as this guy. Not you. Don't yeah. you know he's not complete. He's Wayne Rooney, Wayne Rooney. This is who's been sacked, and he's not. You know, talking about his wedding ring and all that sort of thing. He's not. You know, he, he talks about the football. He talks about the things that matter, mm. and he's been sacked by. I mean, I I guess I want to be American NFL team. I don't know what they are. They want to be Wrexham, maybe. They want to be Leeds, maybe. They want to be Leeds. And funnily enough, the game that he got sacked after was Leeds. They lost 3-0 to Leeds. Uh, You know, we remember the American ties with Leeds United with our friend Jesse. We're still and yep. maybe maybe will uh Rooney at Birmingham. There's there's maybe a shout.
0: There's a good one, yeah. Tom Brady gets in Jesse Lingard. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: But um yeah, well, I mean we'll 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 see.
0: They're trying to turn Birmingham into some kind of NFL franchise type operation, aren't they? Um I hear that they're trying to make match days more of an event and encourage the fans to come early and have a big party and stay late and have another big party. Yep. Um, well they're not going to have much of a party with uh, some of the decisions they're making no. lately then no. maybe they need to move Birmingham, move the franchise to somewhere else yep. uh, move it to my old town, Guildford Guildford still hasn't got a professional <laughs> football team move it there <laughs> Birmingham, Guildford Alabama Balls. is
1: their new home yep. game
0: <laughs> Birmingham, Alabama Yep. Uh,
1: Jesse March is the manager Jesse oh. Lingard is their star player
0: and they are the Birmingham Bulls yep, exactly um well, we've always liked Rooney, haven't we? Ever since he tried to... Do you remember the points deficit at... Uh, the points deduction at uh, Derby that he tried to overcome? And we watched that. Yeah. And uh, he never quite made it. Uh, but, you know, we've, we've always followed Rooney and we've always supported him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think he's hard done by. Because if you look at his record, Gem, I mean, you know, he only took them from 6th to 20th. <laughs> <laughs> No, seriously, it is a shame because I think Rooney, he he wants to play a more progressive style of football. But if you give him what? How many games did he give him? 13, 15 games? Yes. It's it's, it's ridiculous. It's not enough. If you're going to implement a style of football, I mean, look at David Moyes. Look how long it's taken him to implement his style of football at West Ham, Jim. When we've, you know, the the fact that Moyes is... uh, he's worked out that he cannot play a game of passing possession football, but yeah, give us 20% possession and we'll win most games. (laughs) That was one of the big problems against Brighton. I should have mentioned this. We had 34% possession, far too much. (laughs) We can't win games on 34% possession. We need to be down in the low twenties. And that's, he's figured that out and he's built a counter attacking team. Give him the funds, West Ham, give him the funds, give him a new contract to build a full squad. A full counter-attacking squad. And this is what Rooney needed. He needed time to implement his ideas, Germany he wasn't giving it. Yep. So we wish him well on his next venture. We, do we wanted
1: time. We wanted time, just like Man United give Eric Ten Hag time. Right, Dave?
0: Yeah. <laughs> They're giving him time, all right. He
1: needs another five years. <laughs> and another <laughs> six billion. And maybe we may break, may break the, into the Conference League.
0: Well, I think that... Yeah. Solid top ten performers in the Premier League and uh, Conference League yeah. in Europe, Gem. It's the way of the future. I was looking at the table the other day. Actually, West Ham are in sixth. We're in one of the. They put the dotted lines in now. We're in one of the two European Europa League. Oh, no. no,
1: no, 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 right? no, 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 no. We need to. We need to <laughs> discourage that.
0: Seventh is the position you're aiming for, Gem. Yep. That's where we're all aiming for. The Conference League. It's winnable. Target that. Win a trophy. Happy days. Yep. Definitely. And on that bombshell, I don't. Think, I haven't got anything else to say.
1: No, nope, me neither. I'm all done. Um...
0: Well, okay. Let's let's give it a wrap up there. I uh, hope you've all enjoyed listening to this one. We'll be back again in a few weeks' time to review January. We I think we've got something coming up. We've got the FA Cup and then a sort of midwinter break type thing mm. where there's two Premier League weekends where it's only five games per weekend? Yep. I think. So I don't know. I don't know what that's trying to achieve. Um, as Charlie said to me the other day, how come other te- other leagues have the same number of teams in the Premier League in their first top division? They don't have the manic, uh, you know, four games in eight days over Christmas or whatever it is. And they have a two-week mid-winter break. And yet, we can't do, you know, we have the four games in eight days and we don't have a proper midwinter break. So I don't know what, what we're doing. I just don't know.
1: We're, no, we're killing the players. Yeah, we are. Uh, we'll keep an eye on the AFCON and the Asian Cup as well. Yes, indeed. Keep an eye on, I guess it's what it's going to be, Dave, is uh, we're enemies again in the AFCON because we've got a player at Ghana, we've got a player at uh, Cameroon. Mm hmm. Um, and I think there's a few Forest players, probably half their squad, actually. <laughs> to, uh, Ivory Coast and Senegal, I think. So keep an eye on that.
0: Indeed. Indeed. And we'll be back, as I say, in a few weeks' time. Yeah.
1: Thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. See you next time.